What up, though? This is Knockouts and Three Counts, but before we bring you another episode of Podcast Gold, let me tell you about the homies over at Michigan's Finest. Do you ever find yourself trying to get yourself together and thinking, man, this is going to be a great night, but I'm looking for that little extra something-something? Well, check out our friends at Michigan Finest. If you are into medical marijuana, recreational marijuana, concentrates, vapes, anything of that sort, Michigan's Finest has got you covered, and as you can see here, it's all easily done by their website. It's all curbside, and you'll be in and out in two minutes, and they're family-owned and operated, so customer service is their number one goal. And now, since they are rocking with knockouts and three counts, use the code KO3MF. Yes, that's KO3MF. You get 10% off your entire order, but that does exclude featured items and items that are already on sale but if you use that code you're getting 10 percent off your items and i promise you either if you're looking for that big knockout or you're ready to hit the sheets for that three count michigan's finest will get you together tell them knockouts and three counts sent you and i promise you you're going to be having a great night peace this is oh yeah this is the ring of honor aka shane t boy the baddest champion you ever seen boy this is me this is good old JR Jim Rock, and you are listening. You're listening to Knockouts and Three Counts. Knockouts and Three Counts starts now. What up, though? It is another Thursday. This is Knockouts and Three Counts, and somehow I have managed not to go postal yet. In the meantime and in between time, we got some fights going down this weekend. I wish I was heading across the pond to go see him, but uh, we're going to see if Lightning can strike twice for old Leon Edwards as he goes to take out Kamaru Usman. I mean, hey, I am not uh, trying to take any respect off the man's name, but to beat Kamaru Usman is going to be a tall task even if you've already managed to do it once before so we are going to talk ufc 286 talk to preview with that talk a little bit about bkfc uh postponing this weekend's date to april 21st and we're also going to talk about some of what went down last night on aw dynamite from the four pillars to the the debut of where loca taya valkyrie in aew and uh, then we'll get over to the MMA side of things. Corey J Bone, how the fuck are you? I'm well. Doing. I'm well. Yeah, doing well as well. I got to uh, enjoy a bit of the weather break today. Got to get out for a little bit on the bike. Got my uh, them taxes that you're always talking about. People uh, getting done. I got those done as well today. So wow. got got a couple things done. Got to enjoy the weather while it was nice and. Uh, Hoping uh, this uh, spring comes soon, man. I know it officially starts. I think sometime next week, but I'm I'm ready, man. Are you guys um, Are you guys ready for St. Patty's Day tomorrow, Kyle? I can see you're already wearing your green. I mean, I I, I just thought I would color coordinate, but well, uh, that being I mean, said, let's, let's be honest. Kyle's made of green. Let's go. Come on. Whoa, whoa, you know? whoa! I mean. I got, I got hey, a little change, hey, but I'm you know, not. He's gonna, I'm tell, not... he's gonna tell us tonight how to put some money in our pockets, man. We're gonna get these UFC 286. I mean, I'm gonna tell you how so. to put some money in your pockets. The last two weeks, my fingers are hot, so it's all right. Let's go. 
It's been hot, but uh, hopefully I can stay hot and win me a little bit more money because it's almost time to leave for L.A. It's almost time. So, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to that. J-Bone, how you feeling, bro? Man, it's, you know, the weather's getting better here. Things are getting better here in Michigan. I'm cool with that. I'm jealous as hell of you for going out to L.A. I wish I could make that trip, but uh, I trust you're going to uh, represent us well at I mean, Mania. I'll, I know uh, you will. In the suitcase, bro. I, dude, I will do it, too. I will curl up in a – well, you know what? Let me let me lose about 30 pounds. I could probably get in one of those suitcases. It'll be all right. Here's what Nothing you do. to see here. some laxatives at the drugstore, and, and we'll get you right <laughs> on the road for it. We'll get you right. We'll get you right for LA one way or another. Hey, oh, then man. you'll have all the room in the world for them margaritas you was drinking like in Las oh, Vegas. Boy, oh, let's not talk about it. What up, Chris? What up, Chris? <clears throat> we don't need no uh, right. repeat of the thirty-two ounce margaritas. Not in, not well, in Hollywood. Dude, when you drink, bro, when you drink it in thirty seconds, I mean, it doesn't matter if you got a baby bladder or not. You just you were <laughs> look, man. It's all going to the you same were like, place. Like, you were like the little kid who had to like cross his legs and cross his arms, like, "Oh my god, oh my god, I don't know if I'm gonna make yeah. it." It was bad. I thought I, I thought I was gonna be, uh, you know, you know, uh, drenched in Vegas, as they say. That's what it was gonna be. Drenched. I would have flooded. I would have flooded Fremont Street if I didn't make it to the bathroom, dude. It was a rough times. Shout out to Johnny at the Nerd Bar. We had a good time. The next time I'm in Vegas, I will make sure I stop back through there, kind sir. Good time. Um, good time. All right. Well, since there's less to talk about on that end of things, we're gonna we might as well start with uh, the pro wrestling end of things. What did you think with uh, AEW, J Bone? Dude, first of all, that trios match with uh, the JAS and and uh, the Bucks and um, Kenny and uh, House of Black. That is, dude, that is so much money there. No matter which way you go with it, first and foremost. So the fact that we finally got like that—that that mean you got they got to be the what the top three trios teams, right? I mean, there's not many, but trios wise, that's it, right? Top guys. So the fact that okay, you came on the same so, ring, I thought that was great. And not a pay-per-view. I thought that was awesome. Uh, the match was badass. But here's my thing, though. They aren't the only trios champions. You've got the Ring of Honor six-man champs and two past guests of the show that hold them bitches. True. True. Why aren't they fighting? They're all under, I mean, granted, there's Ring of Honor and then there's AEW, but you're all still under the AEW banner. Do you think Let's we get go. there? Chris, do you think I there? agree with you? That match was completely dope. I'm not arguing that at all. All I'm asking you is do you think <laughs> that because you have the two six man champions, I mean shit. I mean, need, a, uh, obviously we still got the, the Blackpool Combat Club too in the mix. Like that's it's a lot of guys, it's a lot of action, and it's it's a lot of top tier guys. You know what I mean? <laughs> one big thing. I did like, I like trio them matches, where we got Kenny and uh, Jericho in the ring. That was at dope. The same time. That was awesome. Nice little throwback to the New Japan thing and pretty much the roots of AEW. You know what I mean? So I thought that was cool to uh, see. And a lot more questions than answers. We got Hangman in the ring with the Elite. Who knows what's happening? I next. think eventually I think eventually they, they're going to circle back around. I really do. I I mean, you're not lying to Kenny and uh, 
the Kenny and Jericho stuff was dope. Like Jericho and Kenny are arguably arguably the two best wrestlers from Winnipeg, you know, and then Don Callis being another one of Winnipeg's favorite sons over there on the commentary and all that too. I mean, dude, every time they got in the ring, there was like that feeling of, there was that feeling of that aura of like, Oh shit. Like this is dope. Mm. When they're, when you get a holy shit chant from the crowd before they even like fought each other. Yeah. It means I mean, something. that's telling you which. Yeah. It's one of those moments and, in, uh, in wrestling. So that was dope. I thought the match was dope. I think the right team won. I house of black as they're fucking sick, dude. Like dude, they're on I've been, right? I have been high on Brody King for quite a while. And dude, they are going to be some killers for a while. And like you said, they have a lot of good trios teams in AEW. So I feel like there's a lot of great matches that can still happen there. I mean, if you guys are watching this, if you guys got an idea on who you want to see next and what do you guys think about uh, my thoughts on uh, the six man champs over there from ROH fighting them. Um, we also hey, do you think we get there like with the forbidden door thing? Do you think that's where they go? Or do you think they, like I know Forbidden Door is going to be kind of like you want the New Japan stuff and and just other companies, but do you think we get maybe the Ring of Honor trios versus the AEW trios type gig or what? I think that would be dope to be honest. But then like then you have the question of since you're trying to keep Ring of Honor a separate brand, does doing that kill off the six man championships? Then yeah, I mean, kind of going to hurt. Because, gonna, you got to hurt you know, one of the brands. You know what I mean? Yeah, you know what I mean? Like, if they do that, like, I guess that's like the that's like the con to it, right? Because, like, if you do that, and then let's let's say House of Black wins, and then they have all the belts, well, then why do they that need it, to go? Yeah. Right? That would immediately turn Ring of Honor to, like, the B-show, you know what I mean, type thing, with uh, title-wise, anyway. You're going to make them look a little weaker, I would think. I don't know. I mean, I still like the idea of the matchup, like especially with them both being trios champions. But at the same time, I can also see why you would stay away from it because you don't want, you know, you don't want to lessen your other champions. Mm-hmm. Um, we also had a debut in Canada of uh, Taya Valkyrie making her AEW debut. First of all, before we get to that, what is up with these people that keep coming over to AEW and then they debut before they're even done up with Impact? Yeah, yeah, I noticed that too. She I don't has, know. They they He's literally have a tag team title match at the next pay per view for Impact. Her and Rosemary do. Mm-hmm. I was watching Impact and that was on the thing, and she's already in AEW. Yeah, that's... I mean, don't get me wrong. I mean, it's not like AEW hasn't already shown that you can, you know they would let people wrestle other places, but I'm just saying, like, other that places was just something are usually funny other, like, televised type of, like, competition-level right. places, not, you know. Yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, just, that jumped out to me right away. I wondered what you thought about that. In a sense, it's maybe just getting eyes on both products, you know, like, here's the deal. You're still here. You can go over there. You're going to get more eyes over here type of thing, maybe. I don't know, but. As far as where she debuted at, like on that against, I mean, we're talking that she's the, I mean, she's the best wrestler. What what is her record now? Fifty four and zero. Yeah, I think it's a tough spot to debut, man. It's a tough spot to debut because let's face it, I don't think she's going to be the one to knock her off. Yes, 
Yes, but I also would say that I like the matchup because now Jade's finally going to really be in there with somebody for the belt that, like, not that she hasn't beaten, like, top talent, mm-hmm. but I feel like she's kind of like, if this is like your your Britt Baker, your Jamie Hayter, your uh, Ruby Soho, your Soraya, and then down here you got your your Willow Nightingales, you got your, you know, ones like that that are still on their way up not saying anything wrong with that i'm just yeah. saying that she's kind of like right before you get to like the top tier of them you know what i mean so right. i feel like her facing taya in a debuting taya i think is like a step up for her so i really feel like that match could be badass i'm a big fan of taya i think yeah. i i like her whole vibe i like her aura i like her attitude and it's crazy to think someone that's from Canada, you know, she's another one who made her name in Mexico because, you know, she didn't really, she got trained by Lance Storm and then went over there and did all the stuff with uh, Pero Aguayo and uh, Pentagon and Phoenix and all them over there and AAA and all that. And now, you know, now for her to be an AEW, what do you think about uh, her coming over from Impact, J Bone? Do you think that this is going to be a better going to be a better look for her? Do you think, you know, she just blends into the roster? Do you think she's going to be able to stick out here? Because when she went to NXT, I was really fucking hopeful for that, mm-hmm. and it just never seemed like she was able to do anything. But with AEW's division getting hotter, do you think she'll be able to be like another shining star out of it? Yeah, I do. I mean, she's got the ring presence, dude. And honestly, she she will bring out the best in Jade. You know what I mean? And like you said, it's gonna be good because she's got a long way to go, though. It's not gonna stop at Jade. She's gotta she's gotta take on Statlander. Like you said, there's so much talent there that's gonna bring the best out of her, and she's gonna bring the best out of them. But I guess the question is like what's happening with impact, right? I mean, she's still got that tag match coming up, and it's like where do we go? Are we gonna do both things? Are we gonna be signed to somebody? Like, I don't know where it's gonna go, but I like I think it's a tough spot for her to debut. Like you said, it's it's gonna be great, it's gonna be a good match and all that if, if it happens like that, but we all know she's not gonna win it, right? You would think she's not the one. It's gonna take a special talent to take that belt off of Jay. But I mean, you're talking about a multiple promotion champion i mean she was triple a champ impact champ i mean she's been champ everywhere she went bro and now she's over there in AEW. i mean she i feel like she could do well we'll have to see what happens i mean we saw the same kind of thing with tony storm except tony storm got to the main roster and then and then she and then she left and came here too so i mean i don't know man but I hope it goes really good for Taya because I I've always been a fan of her work. Do you think it ends up being a? Do you think it ends up being like? How do I word it? Like, do you think that this ends up being like a step up thing for her, or do you think that she just ends up being another one on the roster? Uh, I really I think it depends on how that match plays out. I mean, I think it's gonna be a good match, but I think that on a fan from a fan's perspective. That's where it's going to matter. Is she going to go out there and put on a great match? Is it going to be believable that she's going to beat her? So it, it all plays out after that. You know what I mean? Because if you just go out there and get laid out by Jade, just like everybody else, you're just another person on the roster. If you go out there and you make it seem like she's about to win or she could win this, now you're believable. 
that just puts you in line for the next step up in that women's division. But it all just remains to be seen, dude. It's just it's tough to really predict because you just I don't I just don't know if I, she's the one. You know what I mean? Like I can't I can't. It's got to be a special one. I mean, one. it's got like the Goldberg syndrome to it, and I mean that's yeah, kind of why I like the fact. Look, bro, it's Jay Bone's favorite wrestler. If you wanted to know what to get him for his birthday, oh, if you can find God. a vintage Goldberg shirt God. and send it to his house, I'm sure he would greatly appreciate it. But with that being Look, said, dude, if we ever run into Goldberg, I'm dead. Just so you know, just so I can. Just <laughs> I mean, all that shit you talk, he's gonna be looking at you like he does Riddle. But I mean, you know, that being said, though. That's why I like the fact that Taya hit Jade uh, or hit Layla Gray with Jade's move. Mm-hmm. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, send that shot at her because everybody always marvels at the way that Jade's able to hit that uh, jaded move. Well, to have Taya just manhandle the shit out of Layla Gray as soon as she comes in and do the same thing, you know, I feel like it kind of like established that like Taya's not going to just get thrown around. Right. So. We'll see what happens, but I'm with you. I think it's a great matchup, but I really hope that Taya can be a standout for AEW because I really had hoped that we would see that, you know, when she went to WWE. Obviously, it didn't really play out that way. But that being said, it's, you know, it's still AEW is really doing a lot to build their women's division. And I like to see that some of these women's divisions are really getting built up. I mean, this you could say the same thing with NXT as well. Like NXT, we talked for a while how it just seemed like they were kind of all over the place. Now, you you know, you got JC Jane and Gigi Dolan, you know, doing their thing. You got Roxanne Perez. You know, you got Zoe Stark, who is basically there and ready at any given time. So I like seeing it. And it, with AEW doing this with Soraya and Ruby Soho and uh, Tony Storm and all the people that they're bringing in, I think the more names you can have places it will only make those divisions better as a whole, in my opinion. So to me, it's not a bad thing. I just hope they're just not another number in the thing. But we'll see. What And the the only other thing I wanted to get your thoughts on are, so we saw the four pillars, which if you guys are new here, make sure you hit that subscribe button. You can see that we chatted with all four of those pillars uh, at, at different events and things of that nature. But, what do you think about the four pillars, bro? Like, where do you think they go? Do you think, uh, do you think we see like a triple threat and then the winner faces MJF? Do you think we end up seeing like a like a five way scramble type thing? Like, because we saw Jungle Boy Jack, Darby Allen, Sammy Guevara, and uh, MJF out there. How do you? How what do you think of the promo between them all? And how do you think it plays out? first of all that bucket hat is wild ain't it <laughs> yo that hat. looks okay. like a pimp that looks like a pimped out like camper like fisherman's hat yeah, like dog dude. that looks like something like an old guy would buy and be like look at this shit i look cool that's yeah. what that that's what that looked like yeah. to me um as far as far as the promo and the mat is like just <laughs> hey yo what up brock i thought it was cool man we finally get the four pillars in the ring because like we said we always acknowledge it off camera and, and wrestling twitter it's always been acknowledged who the four pillars are but we've never actually seen them all interact you know on the main stage like that and the fact that they're out there just shooting like that that is a big big deal that's a big moment right there 
but I wouldn't give it to to the fans all at once. Yeah, you probably want to do a triple threat, get one of them in the title line against MJF, kind of back them off. You want you don't want to give it to them all at once. Like I said, all these guys are young, all of them. That's the future of AEW right there, all four of them. So you don't want to you don't want to put it all together right now because that can la- that can make you money for a lot of years right there. I agree with Brock Jungle Boy. I, I I don't know if I want Jungle Boy to be first in line because I don't think that title's coming off MJF anytime soon. And I think out of all of them, I think I want him to be the one to win it. But I think it needs to be later. Like let's get Darby in there, have some good <laughs> rest and get that out of the way. Let's get Sammy in there eventually. That'll be a great match. Oh, I think they're all going to be there around the title at some point. But I think of the four of them, I agree with you, maybe Jungle Boy, maybe like next up. Because I feel like when Sammy wins, it's going to be more in a situation where he's completely separated on his own, as we know he's still part of the Jericho Mm -hmm. Appreciation Society. And then like with Darby, I think Darby will be there at some point too. But I think he's got to get more um he's got to get more of those big main event matches like in the world title picture first mm-hmm. before they can really put him there but i think jungle boy getting that win over christian cage in that whole feud and the other stuff he's already done i think he's kind of ready in that next up guy if it is going to be one of the newer guys but i agree with you i don't know that i see the, the belt coming off of mjf anytime soon because you know you want to talk about truth and promos, bro. What MJF said about, you know, you've literally got nothing on me at this point. I faced Danielson in an hour-long Iron Man match. One. I faced CM Punk in a dog collar match. One. I he's beaten he beat Chris Jericho. You know, yeah. he's beaten, I mean, he's beaten pretty much all the big names and in every kind of match. So slowly but surely, they've done a good job of building around MJF to make sure that they make sure people know he's not a uh, he's not a pansy. But yeah. MJ looked like Rocky after the first fight with Apollo. Oh, yeah, boy. dude, he had he had yeah. two black eyes in his mug, had his sunglasses. Dude, I can't get over the hat though. And then like it took me watching it back the second. I was going to say that. It took me till the second time of watching it back until I realized, damn, why do he, he's always got his hair done with like the mullet thing, mm-hmm. mullet mohawk thing. And then I'm like, oh, it's because he's got his yamakan because I forgot he said it was his bar mitzvah. So yeah. I don't know, dude. That was, uh, it was funny, but it was cool at the same time. Like, dude, MJF is going hard. And then like, I liked the fact that they kind of went back and forth. I was surprised Sammy went into saying that Max keeps getting in all these, or, uh, MJF said something about Sammy getting in these backstage fights and oh, yeah. and Sammy taking a shot at the fact that MJF's fiance left him and he's trying oh, to talk dude. about people that getting married. And shit. I think that was a complete yeah. shootout there. Those guys, they they gave him four microphones. They said, look, dude, you guys are going to be the future of this shit. Go out there, take however many minutes, make it worth it. Go out there and do your thing. And they did, man. I mean... That's the future right there. They You're probably said, it. you know, no, nothing's off limits here. You know, we'll we'll apologize after because, you know, he went and threw that at Sammy about maybe he'll he'll be engaged to somebody else in seven months. But, you know, Sammy, <laughs> Sammy clapping back with the fact that MJF's fiance left him. I, I always appreciate a little bit of levity, but I do agree. Like, you need to keep it more on the uh, 
like their issue at hand, but it's going to be really interesting to see how it plays out. Let us know in the comments, how do you guys want to see that play out, whether that's like a big scramble match or a triple threat match and the winner faces him or, you know, how that plays out. But, all right, we got a bunch of stuff on the combat sports end of things. Like Corey was talking about, you know, he's got his taxes done. I've got my taxes done. Make sure you go check out G3 Payroll and Tax, and then maybe you can play some of them parlays that we're going to tell you about later on tonight. Um, that being said, Tyson Fury and Alexander Usyk agree to terms on a title fight. April, it's planned for April 29th at London's Wembley Arena per ESPN. What are your guys' thoughts on this fight? What are your thoughts on the split? Do you think the, the split is fair? I, it is and it isn't, right? Because of the sense that, like, the biggest money draw by, like, tenfold. Well, at least in oh, their shit. eyes. Oh, shit. Rock's firing on the refs. <laughs> not wrong. I mean, it, hold, hold on. Before you go, Corey, I, I just had to say it. this because he said that. So, okay. He said, is it just me or the inmates running the asylum? What control does Tony Khan have? What is the deal with the blind and stupid referees? Dude, yeah. you hear a lot they, of people complaining been about, about the referees. For a while with AEW. Yeah. And that's what I was going to say. And the only thing that really stuck out to me last night was I was like uh, in the match with um, Jeff Jarrett and uh, Jeff Jarrett in it because they're fighting all over the arena and like hitting each other with fucking trash cans. And I'm like, is there not a count or a DQ um, yeah. or something? Yeah, DQ or like, count out here or... Are we just saying fuck it all? You know, they're both out at the same time. No, no need to count. Yeah. So I, I totally get that. And you're not the first person to hear say that. You know, shout out to our guys on Busted Open. You know, we hear them talk, bully talk about that all the time. All in all, dude, it wasn't anything that was like a super big thing, you know, but like especially like in the trios match um situation because like you said j bone that match was still fucking great but yeah at the same time like i like that they have more latitude but like it's like how do i put it like it's noticeable enough to see because like even if WWE sometimes you'll see them like where obviously if it's like a street fight or something like that obviously the rules are a lot more lax. Even if right. they got to to find their way around it, it just seems like they do it smoother. In AEW, yeah. sometimes it just seems like it's like fuck the fuck the rules, just fight everywhere. Which I mean, it's definitely ECW style, but like at the same time, it like it is it is something that's like noticeable enough that you sometimes are going like, damn. So what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, it might might it might not be noticeable to like the you know. The average fan, but for us as diehards, yes, it's definitely noticeable. <laughs> Come on, man, we've been doing this our whole life. Even to the casuals like myself, it's noticeable because I've yeah. I've noticed it in a couple matches where I'm watching some of their events with Kyle and stuff. Like, hey, what the you know, like, hey, they definitely should have caught this. Oh, they definitely like, yeah, Kenny like, Omega versus. Like, I've had Kyle pointed out many times while we're sitting there watching there, like. <laughs> they're just not following the rules whatsoever. There's just like, they don't, it would be one thing if they laid out the rules that this is a X, Y, and Z. So it doesn't matter if they do 
X or Y, but they don't do that. They just kind of roll with the punches sometimes. So it comes off in a way like you guys are saying. Yeah, no, you're right. Hopefully they get better. I agree with, that. with what you said. Malachi and uh, Malachi and Kenny Omega eventually at some point is going to be badass. I'm 110 percent down with that, and would love to see that one. I feel like that one's got banger written all over it. Um, but yeah, I'm not going to keep harping on the fucking referees. But to answer <laughs> your question, yes, I definitely recognize that shit too. Um, yeah. but at the same time. At the, but with okay. Tommy Fury and well, Tommy Fury, Tyson Tommy, Fury, yeah, Tommy, yeah, Tommy Fury <laughs> stepping in and gonna fight Usyk. He said, "Fuck it, I beat Jake Paul. I can beat them all." But uh, <laughs> that being no. said, it's what? gonna be Usyk and Tyson Fury. I like this fight. I want to see this fight because after this fight, I feel like there's not really anything left for Tyson Fury to do. Okay. I, I agree because he's beat most of the Who's other left? content. Unless he, you're going to fight Francis Ngannou. Unless he's going to fight Francis. Unless uh, Anthony Joshua actually gets a win so he can, they, them guys Fuck can fight no, each dude, other. I don't even want to see that now. Yeah, at this point, I kind of feel the same way you I don't do. want to see that but, now because there's no reason for him to be in there. Well, okay, granted, because the person that he's facing now is the dude that beat him twice, so it really makes Anthony Joshua look like a lesser. But if Usyk goes out there and does a solid performance and all of a sudden you start to question, like, hey, maybe Usyk's just that guy and maybe if Anthony Joshua had a chance. You know, there's still storylines that could be made is what I'm I'm getting at here. But how we were talking about the split earlier money-wise and stuff, the – the 70-30 thing, man, I get it. I, I really do. I mean, one's the more active boxer, so he's still making a significant chunk of change. I think people are making a lot out of the uh, 70-30 thing. But it's still going to be the biggest potential payday that uh, Usyk would be able to find, I believe, out there, at, at the moment at least. So, I Plus, you say it's at Wembley Stadium. It's going to take, a, you know – they're going to sell that place out, I would imagine, very quickly. And uh, I don't know if Usyk would be able to do that based upon his own uh, merit or whatever, where I feel like involving somebody like a Tyson Fury, yeah, it's going to cost you money. In this pers- in this instance, 20% basically off the top. But, I mean, you're still going to sell like crazy. So it. Corey has left the building. Oh, there he is. Yeah, I, I, is my chat. Did you guys at least heard me, right? While I was going, yes, yeah, we heard you. <laughs> I didn't want to give up on it in case, like, I, uh, I no, it was weird. weird. It like the whole screen lagged out for a second, ladies and gents. I don't know what the fuck that was, yeah. but but I, to your point, Kyle, I really do enjoy the matchup, or at least the I'm glad that this is the direction they're going. Uh, Tyson Fury being the lineal champ still not having lost it and just kind of had stepped away from the game. I feel like it's it, for Usyk, it's a not put up or shut up, but it's like, do you want to be really regarded as the top guy? Okay, then here he is. And for Fury, it's like, this is now the new number one, essentially, besides yourself, and go in there and prove you're still one. And so I, lo- I love the matchup. For boxing, it's great. I feel like boxing's been making some solid steps lately. 
between that and the uh, Garcia and Tank fight, they've been making some solid steps, man. It's good to be seeing some of these fights happening. I think it's going to be a good fight. I mean, yeah. we talked. We already talked about Detroit's own Tony Harrison going over there and stepping up against Costa Zoo. Um, I, like I said, I agree with you. I'm glad to see some good fights going in boxing. You know, did you guys hear the other piece of news? What do you think about Adrian Broner signing with uh, Don King? <laughs> He's still in the game. Yes, he just signed with Adrian Broner. Uh, I didn't yeah, know he was uh, still in the game. Well, and of all people to kind of try to like tie yourself to, I mean, it's like too. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for here? It's two like very divisive figures. Two like people you either like look at very negatively, or you enjoy them for some reason. And I'm not one of them people, so I'm kind of like. <laughs> Adrian Broner like blew away so many chances to be one of the top level boxers. He was still a making, savage when he first came out, and he's and he's still making millions to go out there and fight these people and stuff. But he can't even make it to a fight because he's too busy popping fucking drug tests for fucking four or five steroids at a time. So, you know, like I I don't know, <laughs> you know. And then you sign with well, now he's got like the King. nostalgic Don King man. Come on. Yeah. And then you sign with somebody like King, man. It's just like, it, it doesn't, it doesn't scream confidence. It seems like he's just trying to work his way around a system that's already corrupt with somebody that knows how to work the corrupt system. So, mm. Corruption. I don't know, man. I don't, I don't really think, I don't really see that being like a fruitful, uh, I don't really see that being a fruitful thing. No. Um, Speaking of not being fruitful, what were your thoughts on, uh, I mean, we don't know the why of it. It's all speculation. Only thing I've seen so far is that this weekend's BKFC event has now been rescheduled to April 21st. Only thing I can assume is something with the venue, but damn, does that got to suck on the day of weigh-ins? Yeah. Well, was it day of weigh-ins or was it? It was was today and the fight was tomorrow. Well, I think they officially announced that it was delayed yesterday, if I'm not mistaken. I didn't see anything till today. Oh, okay. So as I, of I now, there's, there's, no, there's nothing on record stating as to why. It's just... No, not that just, I've seen. They, they didn't the say in there thing, other than circumstances out of our control. Yeah, that's that was their official statement. And then they said that anybody that was unable to attend the event that's at a later scheduled date will get refunded you know, tickets and so on and so forth. So they're going about it right with all the fans and stuff like that. I know paid subscriber over here. I was excited for as hell for those fights. So I'm kind of bumming that we got to wait an extra month. I hope uh, they, the card remains what it was. Um, But BKFC, honestly, I feel like they've done a great job. And if this is their, if I'm not mistaken, this is their first canceled event. This is the first one that I can think of at least. And it does kind of seem like something out of their control. I know the official narrative hasn't came out yet, but it kind of seems like, like me and you, Kyle, were saying, it kind of seems like maybe a venue issue or something like that came up. And if that's the case, it is what it is. Maybe like, you know, plumbing issue arose and they the building flooded or something, you know, who knows? You know, who knows what it could have been, but... 
I feel like VKFC at least did the best thing they could where they immediately came out. I don't know, you know, what their timeline is or whatever, but they came out. And it, uh, it's just unfortunate for all the athletes, man. Imagine putting on that training camp, yeah. cutting weight, getting ready. You're, too, you're either a day out or on day of. You've been in Florida for a couple days if you're traveling from out of town and stuff, and then all of a sudden – Carpets pulled out from underneath you, man. Yeah. That's just that's got to be a rough. He's been on a, on a on a good momentum wave, and you know for that to happen, that kind of sucks, man. But hopefully, hopefully it's nothing major. I guess like you said, <laughs> maybe a venue thing, or I mean, I couldn't think of what else it would be unless like yeah. a mass amount of fighters <clears throat> didn't make weight or like couldn't make weight or couldn't make it or something. I don't really know, but yeah, I mean, maybe what, something yeah, like that. Be. Maybe some like a. Some type of cancellation. I don't know. I I honestly don't know what it could be. It's just that's the first thing that comes to my mind is a venue issue. Something you know, like something came up where all of a sudden they had to do some serious work inside the venue or something like that. It's the only thing I could think of. I mean, it couldn't be anything as far as like streaming, could it? I mean, like, can we say like no? Because it, they do all that through their own app, so I, I don't think that would be an issue in that regards maybe it was an athlete thing like you said maybe but i i feel like i could be wrong on this one but i feel like bare knuckle of all the uh organizations out there wouldn't be the most stringent on weight classes if that's mm -hmm. what was you know holding them back from being able to hold an event especially one that they claim was sold out so i don't know i just i try to recollect i remember ufc a couple years ago didn't they have to scrap a, an entire pay-per-view because of a situation where, like, was it like a few fighters couldn't make weight or didn't or something? Well, there, I don't remember, but there was kind of two different situations involving John Jones. They a long time ago, I forget numbers because I'm dyslexic as hell, but uh, they tried to get him to fight Chell Sonnen uh, on short notice, and that didn't end up going through. So that ended up postponing a pay per view. And then uh, the most recent one, though, was when he was supposed to fight Gus the second time. Hmm. He popped in Nevada and they moved it to California like two days out or a day out or some shit. It was, it was week of for sure. I don't I don't remember exact dating, but it was yeah. I don't, that was a definitely a big thing. <laughs> I. Like I say, it's it's just a bummer for them because it's a it's a shit look. But I mean, it's something. It's stuff happens. As long as it's not anything that because they did something wrong or messed it up. I mean, it is what it is. Yeah. Um. Yeah. But Brock, you hit the nail on the head. Uh, UFC 286. I don't know, Corey. We got to link up for this fucking thing. I uh. Yeah. I want to. Sure. I want to see this fucking fight. I think it's going to be a great fight. I've already got my money on some parlays. I'll let you know what I'm laying out as far as uh, parlays, and we will make some picks on the UFC. Um, obviously, Brock told us in the comments who he's looking forward to with Usman and Edwards. Uh, mm -hmm. J-Bone, how are you feeling about UFC 286? Oh, man, we're going to get rich this night. We're going to make some Well, <laughs> we ain't going to get rich, but... We're going to make some money Saturday night, man. Got a loaded card. I like it. Speak Ooh. that shit into existence. I need some yeah, LA money. Yeah. You know the Ubers are about to take my savings. <laughs> yeah, you can be in Hollywood. You can be you can be lifting and Ubering all over. The place. 120 bucks, 10-minute ride. Yeah. Kyle's going to come back and be a movie star. They're going to just catch him on the strip. Like, hey, you want to be movie in this movie? Movie star or broke? 
just get you some <laughs> shitty little electric scooter kyle and just take it with you and then just get a lock oh yeah because they're gonna let me take that on an airplane <laughs> yeah they'll let you they'll let you do it in no Korea, the fuck they won't oh you see kyle just on a little motorized fucking you can't take uh, lithium razor. batteries on a razor just cruising i work the post office ship. i know these things just yeah, cruising they, the street they get on, on a razor. yeah i mean they might but i don't know that would that would be pretty sketchy i i mean i like the commitment because you know bulletproof troop told me to come through black house mma and come train with him uh I don't know. Maybe maybe I'll have to go make some runs. You know, maybe one of these days, one of y'all come with me and come train, or you could just do like J Bone and just fucking videotape the shit and <laughs> bullshit with uh, Moxley. Which I'm I'm not mad at you, but I gotta know uh, my limits. Man's gotta know his limits. We didn't Still even do like anything. Look, we let me just tell you, if I, I would have got on, the, if I would have got on the mats with you at Extreme Couture, I'd have partaked in any of that. It would have been a very, very bad trip for me. So <laughs> you'd have been sore as shit the next day. Was, was, yeah, <laughs> you'd have been pushing me around too. in a wheelchair. What are you talking about? You'd have been pushing exactly. me around in a wheelchair while I'm slamming double margaritas. You'd have to wheel me to the bathroom, dude. Look, be glad I, it didn't happen. <laughs> dude, Jeff Jarrett trying to stick his hands in his tights and kick Orange Cassidy is pretty fucking retarded and funny looking. Yeah. <laughs> But uh, yeah, dude, UFC 286, dude. I'm looking mm -hmm. forward to that shit. Yeah, I got the cards excited, pulled. Man. I got the fights pulled up here. Um, as far as the prelims, not any like major standouts to where I'm like, yo, that this fight, this fight's crazy. What? That's on the uh, the prelims. There's a couple, to be honest, on the early prelims that I'm looking forward to more than. Mm -hmm some of the stuff that's on the regular prelims. Like I feel like Joanne yeah. Wood versus Luana Carolina and that Juliana Miller one. versus Veronica Macedo is going to be a couple of fights to look at. I mean, that's to be one, honest, go, not to interrupt, go. but since you brought that up, that's one I did want to bring up. I was kind of surprised with the card placement, just being in the fact that Juliana Miller coming straight off the tough win. This is her debut in uh the organization i feel like they've been doing these tough uh winners pretty dirty man they've been putting them right at the bottom of the card pretty much every time mm. and uh you'd think if they're still trying to do this and give it a real push in the organization they'd give these guys a little more push when they get in here and it's just i don't know surprising well you've all you always hear what they talk about with the tough contracts bro i mean they don't get signed to big contracts yeah but rate, really but they get a big push though they get a big initial like media push people know their names like you said kyle you're excited for that matchup basically just because you had watched her perform in her tough season like you wouldn't otherwise you may have not known who she was even if you did know her background so i feel like for those for those type if you're going to do the whole game show reality show format thing and make shout out to our guy way, mondo gutierrez go win that motherfucker yeah, go win that shit. Because even if you're, even if you are opening the card, man, you're in the UFC and you're making some money that's hopefully going to change your life eventually. But either way, I, I would just like to see these people get a little bit more of a push. Is all I wanted to say. But go on and with your uh, analysis of the card, Kyle. I uh, like I said, man, those are those are the two fights that I'm honestly looking forward to most on the prelims. Uh, they still Jake they. Jake Hadley, Malcolm Gordon, that should be a fun one. 
while we're on the early prelims. That should be a real fun one, I feel like. Uh, the Leroy, Lerone Murphy versus what was initially su- supposed to be uh, Nathaniel Wood, that one was going to be – that was like my favorite uh, – one of my favorite fights of the undercard, that's for sure, but that one got canceled. Now we got Lerone Murphy taking on uh, LFA champ. So it should be still a fun fight, but I, I was really looking forward to that one. But that's, that, that's about guys, it. Right? If I can remember correctly, those guys are both undefeated. Yeah, they they were both they are both undefeated. They're both from England. It, mm-hmm. They're both killers in the weight class. It was one of those like you couldn't have made a better matchup for a undercard, you know, build up type of fight. And then Nathaniel Wood, I don't know if you've seen the video come out on social media, but he about filleted his knife, his uh, knee open, yeah. pretty damn well. So yeah. Hopefully they end up running this one in the future if that if uh, Lerone Murphy is able to get the win come Saturday. But I like I say, I mean, I'm I think the card itself, the main card itself, it's got me definitely interested. Undercard yeah. isn't as stacked, but yeah, let's it's right, let's talk. Yeah, let's talk about this main card. So mm-hmm. first fight, you got Roman Delize versus Marvin Vittori. Now, I have been saying Roman Delize is that motherfucker for a while. If you go back and look, I've been saying it, and every time I've said it so far, he's gone in there and shut somebody up. I've been telling people momentum is a real damn thing, and I feel like that's going to carry him through in this fight that we have this weekend. I believe Roman Delize is going to put it on Marvin Vittori. Yeah, I don't I don't disagree with you, man. I I don't know though, because I feel like I think this Martin is gonna Vitt- tell us a lot about Vittori though. Either yeah, Vittori's gonna go in there and show that he's still the top echelon and Delize's got a little bit left to go, or Delize is gonna go in there and do what he's been doing and catch a motherfucker slipping. I just so I feel like the whole thing is right. Like you've seen him talk about it a couple times on the broadcast and stuff with the uh, Roman Delize. He Bisbing made fun of him essentially for not being an entertaining fighter, and now all of a sudden he's knocking everybody the hell out because he took that to heart, right? Like it's it's a pretty entertaining story, right? But yep. I feel like if that's your style, going against somebody in Marvin Vittori who is damn near impossible to get out of there. I mean, Israel Adesanya was landing just shot after shot on him, you know, pretty straight. Yeah, but could the accurate. accumulation of all those shots be a problem now against this young buck who's got some power and is coming in there to knock somebody's head off? Could be. Could be. And Roman Delize is that guy that can do that. He showcased that in his last couple fights, man. And he's put out very big and strong guys in those fights like Phil Haas. I mean that was a that was a leg injury so it was a little different but it was still vicious man. That was that was a that was a real He's been fight. putting it on at most people that he's been getting. And it's yeah, like I also kind of akin it to like what we were talking about with like Jalen Turner. Like Jalen Turner even though he didn't win that last fight, he stepped up and showed that he's been in there. I believe that there's a lot to be said about momentum yeah. because I think that that sometimes can overdo skill a little bit just because you have that confidence that you know you can do it. That being said, who do you guys pick in this fight? Are you going to Leeds A or are you saying uh, well, 
Are you to, to, fin- to finish off my point real quick? I feel like Marvin Vittori, like you were saying, maybe the he he's the move, more proven talent, but I feel like Roman Delize, his last fight, in my opinion, was his big step up. That that Jack Hermanson fight, I thought that was like, hey, you're going against a top level contender. Let's see where you're at. If you're gonna beat this guy, then do it and we'll see where you're at after that. And he fucking ran through Jack Hermanson. And I was genuinely surprised about that fight. I was really like, Jack Hermanson's one of my guys. He may not be the most entertaining, but he always is game, and he just didn't have it for him in that fight. So because of that reason, I feel like, to your point, Kyle, the momentum is so much there, I got to kind of lean towards Roman. But Marvin Vittori, he's a gamer, man. He's so hard to get out of there, and he's just always in your face with punches and stuff. So I don't know. He could he could upset it, but that momentum's hard to hard to go against at the moment, at least. All right, J Bone, who you got? I'm taking the lead day, man. It's it's tough. It's tough because I'm gonna betting wise, I'm gonna take the prop on this. I'm gonna take him by TKO. But like you guys said, man, Vittori, it's tough because 11 out of the last 13 fights for Vittori have been a decision or a draw. One draw, 12 decisions or 11 decisions. It's kind of crazy. He's got a head like a rock. But you got Delize coming in three TKOs in a row. The guy's riding that momentum wave, and it's real, dude. So, hey, Vittori's lost the past two out of three. It could be a downfall for him. All he's got to do is get caught slipping one time, and Delize can finish him, dude. So I'm going to take Delize on this one. Yeah. But his losses losses are against – Robert Whitaker, right. Israel Adesanya, <laughs> yeah. literally like the yeah. top guys in the division. The top so guys. Yeah. We'll, we'll see where Roman Delize is at going out of this one, man. It's such an interesting matchup. He wins hey, this what fight. a way to he open up the card, though, right? If I'm reading this right, that's the first fight on the on the main card. It is. That's yeah. a hell of a way to open up a card. That's gonna. And be I mean, if he wins that, that immediately puts him in the top five. You know, he's got another big fight coming. So, yeah. Yep. Um, and we see. We've seen how quick Pereira got that slingshot towards the title. I mean, he might not. Have well, I mean, there's game. not a lot of guys left for Izzy if you yeah. know if he be, if well, he beats not. Pereira, yeah. and then Pereira, you know, yeah, there's a lot of guys for him to beat. But because of how dominant Izzy was, it kind of cleared out a lot of the division. So, you know, until they get through this fight with Izzy, 85's kind of on freeze. But if Delize can win this, he's right in the thick once it's out of it. Oh, for um, sure. The next fight we got, you got Casey O'Neill versus Jennifer Maya. Um, <laughs> I don't know, man. Uh, Casey O'Neill's been doing her thing, but I kind of feel like I got Jennifer Maya in this one. Oh, really? Mm. See, I feel like Casey O'Neill brings that violence that you don't always see women bring in uh, the UFC or in MMA in general. She just has that mean streak about her where she actually looks like she's going in there to win a fight and not just necessarily win a competition. Because there's a, there's definitely a difference, and I feel like when you just see her, her like, attitude, not attitude, because I don't even feel like that's the right word. It can be viewed bad, but her, like, her, like, I did it-ness at the end of the fight. Like, you can really see, like, she enjoys what she's doing you know like she i don't know man i feel like this is a tough fight for jennifer maya because her whole game has been mostly reliant on getting girls down and controlling position i feel like casey o'neill being the taller lengthier girl is going to be hard to get down 
we've seen uh, people try to do that in the past, and she's done a really good job of circling out and stuff from it. I feel like my biggest question is how is Casey O'Neill doing off uh, or coming off the knee injury? That's my biggest question. Uh, how does she return? Is she uh, as elusive as she was before and stuff like that? Is she able to kind of throw with the same uh, tenacity that she was able to before? Um, but I, I lean towards Casey O'Neill in this one. I, I just feel like how we were saying with the last fight, that momentum, I understand the momentum train may have died off a little bit because of the injury, but I just feel like the ceiling's higher there. And that's, that's kind of why I picked my lean in that direction. All right, J-Bone, who you got? I'm with Corey on this one, man. I'm taking Casey O'Neill. She's won her past four, only four fights in the UFC. She's won them all. Um, I think she's. I think she's gonna finish this one though. I, f- I feel like I know ah, it's tough. It's tough to. I'm thinking betting wise in all these fights, right? I know I'm chasing the money, but <laughs> I want to see her finish it. I want to see her finish this fight. I, I think she will. I'm gonna take Casey O'Neill on this one. I'm just saying, bro. You can get you a WrestleMania ticket on that secondary boy. <laughs> hey, hey! If I win, a, if I win a couple, a uh, couple bands, dude, I'm right behind you. Me and Lily, we're flying. Are you going to dry spirit again? <laughs> no, I won't. That's never going to happen again. <laughs> Fuck spirit. <laughs> you heard it. Fuck spirit. Get with Delta. <laughs> but with that being said, uh, the next fight that we got on UFC 286, where we got to hope that these parlays hit, you got Gunnar Nelson versus Brian Barbarena. Um. <laughs> It's going to be a tough fight, dude. I, I think Barbarina obviously has the power that he can go in there and he could lay him out. But at the same time, Gunnar Nelson is just so awkward that I just feel like that's going to be the difference in this fight. Who do you guys got? I agree with you. I just feel like our so many people, when they talk about Gunnar Nelson, I feel like they have – like reminiscent eyeballs or however you want to word that they they're viewing it from a past light and not necessarily his most recent performances. And I feel like when you look at what he's done as of late and kind of like his, I don't want to say he's, he, his lack of firepower is really what's been killing me with his last couple fights and stuff. He, he just doesn't seem like he's had that same, like with what I was just saying with Casey O'Neill, he doesn't seem to have that, like, I'm going to go in here and, like, put it on my opponent, do whatever I have to do to win this fight. It seems like he's going in there more as a competition base, and it just hasn't been working out for him as much as of late. I know he's now coming off a win in that, uh, I just looked at his record, but uh, Takashi Sato fight. Which, looking back and trying to remember that one, it was a good fight, but it was very competitive. And I felt like Gunnar Nelson, skill-wise, was much better than Takashi Sato, but it was a much closer fight than the skills played out to be. And before that, he was losing on the upper echelon of the division. And then he's coming off a huge layoff. I feel like Brian Barberina, he's one of those guys that he goes in and either his game plan works and he lays his pressure on people and eventually lands them a couple big shots that either hurts them or gets them down to the ground and then gets the finish from there, or he doesn't. 
And I feel like this is one of those fights where his game plan's going to work. I feel like the Gunnar Nelson hostility or not uh, hesitancy is going to really hurt him in this fight when you got somebody like Barbarino being a barbarian essentially and chasing after him and, you know, bringing that pressure onto him. What you got, J-Bone? See, I think the only downfall here for Barbarino is, is he took this fight on short notice. You know I mean, you got you got mm-hmm. Gunnar Nelson, hometown guy, and you're right, his last two losses were against, you know, upper echelon guys, Gilbert Burns and Leon Edwards. And that big layoff, man, that that's a that's a big thing. You know what I mean? And Barbarino's very active. So I feel like if he can just put his foot on the gas, he should be able to take this one home. So that's a tough one. That's a toss-up for me, but I think I'm gonna take Barbarino on this one. I think if Barbarina wins, he's winning by knockout. Uh, yeah. That being said, I think I'm going to go Gunnar Nelson on this one. I think <laughs> if he wins, he gets knocked out. But if he doesn't get knocked out, he's winning. I'm going to tell you, yeah. tell you how he's going to win. I'm going to predict it doesn't happen. <laughs> I mean, I'm just saying. I, I think, I mean, if he loses, he's going to get knocked the fuck out. But well, look at, look at what he did to. Uh, what what Barbarina did to uh, Robbie Waller, right? I, I agree, but Robbie Waller was also a lot older, though. A lot older, but I feel like it's the same type of tendencies, right, with Gunnar Nelson, where he. I agree, which is why I'm to... saying I think there's a real good chance he could knock him yeah. out. And quite frankly, I might even throw money on him to win by knockout because if he wins, I think that's how he's going to win. But right. I also think there's something to be said for the competition difference, like you said, when you talk yeah. about the only losses that. Gunnar Nelson's head are to that type of talent. So I think Gunnar Nelson wins, but I think that there's if he loses, I got a feeling it could very well he gets be slept. If, if he loses, yeah. he gets slept, Kyle. <laughs> if he wins, he gets two checks. If you don't, you get slept. Spin the wheel, make the deal. It's like it's Spin like the uh, wheel, Halloween havoc. Spin the wheel, make the deal. Knock there him out, go. you get knocked out. Two checks or none. Send it. Let's With go. that being said, uh, <laughs> let's send it to the next fight. You got Justin Gaethje versus Raphael Fiziev. Man, this fight has got banger written all the fuck over it. What? Before you go into your analyst hat here, I want to pose you guys the question on this one. What's your chances of Gaethje in this fight? Like, realistically, do you guys view it as, like, he's the underdog, that he's the one kind of, like, or do you think he's the upper echelon of the division and he's going to rightfully claim his spot coming out of Saturday? Because I feel like this is such an interesting matchup at 55, a division that normally doesn't allow new contenders into the top five, to be frank. But let's hear your answers, boys. Jay Bone, you go first. For me, man, I think I think Gaethje, the problem here is he's going to lean on that exciting fighter thing right now. You know what I mean? Everybody knows he's probably the most exciting fighter in that division, but you are fighting perhaps the most dangerous striker in that division. So to stand up yeah. with that guy, I don't I don't think I, that doesn't have a lot of good news. I mean, all it takes is one punch, right? I mean, we know how the game is. All it takes is one. But I don't think this is the one, Gaethje. You need to lean on something else. Work your strategy somewhere else. Maybe get them down. Try to keep them down. Take them, you know, take them the distance if you have to. Just get the win because I, I don't think you want to stand up with this guy because the past six fights, look, they've all fallen. <laughs> it ain't been pretty, man. So I don't think you got you got the momentum wave and you got the guy that that could sit there and just snipe you out. 
I don't think you want to stand there and do that. But pride on Gaethje's side, I think that's going to say that he's going to stand and bang with this guy. And I don't think it ends well for Gaethje if he does that. Yeah, it's – oh, Kyle, sorry. Go ahead. You're good. I'd say I think the same thing, to be honest. I mean, don't get me wrong. I love Justin Gaethje, and I think he has the wrestling to be able to make this a tough fight too. Mm-hmm. But that being said, I, I just with the way he fights, I think he's going to try to bang it out. And if mm-hmm. and if he takes a minute to get going against a guy like Fiziev, it's going to be a problem. Yeah. Uh, one thing I thought was a from a guy that doesn't always make the best of points, but uh, Brendan Schaub made a point because he used to train with Trevor Whitman uh, back in the day. And he said, Trevor Whitman is exclusively a boxing coach. That is his main game plan for every single fight that he's ever fought for Trevor Whitman under was boxing, boxing, boxing. And for somebody like Gaethje, who all of us as an MMA community, basically all say that Gaethje would be so great if he just would implement a little bit more of his wrestling and actually use the things that make him a top level athlete and not just go in there and like throw hands and make it exciting every time. We all agree. We all agree that that's entertaining, but there there's, there's more stra- there's more strategic ways that he can implement his game in there. What I okay, but hold on a minute. So I get uh, I understand that I've not trained with Trevor Whitman. Okay, maybe Trevor Whitman might just be you know mainly a striking coach. But dude, when you're training in the same room as a guy like Kamaru Usman for a title fight, right? Like you can't tell me that those guys aren't training other shit, whether it's with Whitman or somebody else. Because oh, if that's I'm, the case, then if that's the case, then Rose Namajunas would have been fucked a while ago, too. So, I mean, yeah. yes, I can see there being a point to what Brennan Schaub said, but at the same time, I don't know how much weight I put into that because either way. I'm sure he's got specialized coaches for wrestling. I'm sure he's got specialized coaches for jiu-jitsu, all, all the top-level athletes and stuff, too. But I'm just saying the fact that his head coach isn't necessarily as much of an MMA coach as he's – is more of a boxing coach from somebody who's at least trained underneath them. That was, I, I found it a very interesting point. And you can even see that in the transition in Kamaru Usman's game and stuff like that. And even kind of to your point with Rose, you haven't seen her use her ground game in a very long time. If anything, you've kind of seen that was the downfall of her losing her title is she was so scared to even try to implement her ground game, which was probably a more superior ground game than Carla Esparza's. But either way, it, it's just it's such an interesting thing and then on top of that the trevor whitman thing and uh, he always finds a way to get multiple of his athletes competing on the same night and i feel like it kind of takes a bit away from being able to properly game plan for these fights a bit i may be thinking too deep into that but i i feel like if you have literally the co-main event fighting for his top three spot in his division and then a former champion fighting to regain his belt, maybe you'd want to split those up over different nights. So you're. A I disagree. Here's why. Because having been in those rooms where there's multiple guys who are getting ready for a fight, I feel like a lot of times you end up getting better training because you've got that mindset in the room. Everybody's getting ready for a fight. You got a guy like okay. Kamaru who's getting ready for a title fight. 
and a guy like Gaethje who's fought for a title before, so he knows what that mindset's like. I think yeah. you get two guys in a room like that, and you get that kind of energy like that, and you're both getting ready to fight or what, insert whoever, whether we're talking about Rose or whoever it is. Yeah. In my opinion, if you're training in that same aspect, plus That's it's kind of like – Plus, it's also kind of like, even though there's a lot of people who are like, oh, MMA is not a team sport, it does kind of have a different feeling when you can walk in there and there's multiple of you guys who are going getting ready to go fight. You know, it's yeah. like that that having my team behind me, we're getting ready to go to war kind of mindset. So I don't, I don't think that that is a hindrance. I think that depends on the fighter as a whole. But in my opinion, I... I I like I think I like that energy. I I understand that viewpoint, but I feel like I at least hold mine. I would I would want it to be like very focused. You know, like you say, you can fight two weeks from now on the next pay per view, three weeks from now on the next pay per view, because we're still grinding together. We'll get training partners together, do the whole thing. But you know, I. I I feel like it should be more center focused at this level, but either way to digress onto the fight, I feel like how you guys said Fazeev, man, he's just been, uh, he's been deadly out there and he's been so hard to hit. He's been really taking all these guys out on his now ascension towards the uh, top three of the division. And looking back at some of his fights, I was just looking at his record uh, while you guys were going and, um, other than really his Bobby Green fight, man, I feel like every other fight's been just dominance for the most part. That Bobby Green fight was a little different because Bobby Green was able to uh, dodge and be a little more elusive, but I feel like that's not Gaethje. Gaethje's not elusive like a Bobby Green. So I feel like that's the type of style you would need to bring as somebody who has an incredible counter game because I feel like Bobby Green almost was he, – he was real close to being able to pull that one off in that fight. But uh, – I don't know, man. Fazeev, to your point, I think the best game plan is maybe somebody like a Oliveira or somebody against him that can deal with the uh, striking, but also implement their takedowns and their jujitsu and stuff like that. And if we don't see that type of game plan out of somebody like Gaethje, it's going to be potentially a long night. But the human highlight reel always brings fun, and I don't think he's just going to get tagged and get put to sleep or something like that. I think he's definitely going to bring the fight to him. I just feel like Fazeev is the higher level striker out of the two, and we're going to probably see a striking fight. So I lean that direction, but at the same time, man, I feel like Gaethje has the he has the skills and the the explosiveness to be able to get this done. He, he totally. He really I'm does. I love Justin Gaethje. I just something about this matchup feels like it could be the kryptonite for me because yeah. Fiziev has the power to be able to knock him out if it doesn't go Gaethje's way. And I don't yeah. see Gaethje Takes coming in there punch. with the mindset that he's – right. And and I don't see Gaethje coming in there with the mindset to wrestle like that off of what you just said with Trevor Whitman yeah. and them. I do, I do not see him trying to wrestle Those leg kicks could much. eat him up, though. Those leg kicks could eat him up. Don't forget Gaethje be chopping legs in there. So I Again, I'm not taking anything away from Gaethje. Yeah. I think this might be the fight that might be the best one on the card. But I'm just saying, like, this is a dangerous style, again, with that momentum, like Absolutely. I talked about with the leads, A. This could be a problem. So, Absolutely. I don't know. I uh, I'm definitely looking forward <laughs> to seeing how that plays out. 
How do you got this one, J Bone? You got Gaethje or Fiziev? I'm taking Fiziev by TKO. Let's go. <laughs> All right. Main event time, motherfuckers. Leon Edwards. Can he shock the world again against Kamaru Usman because he's still a plus 195 underdog on the odds? Am I going to go from a seated position, barely paying attention to the fight, to like almost lolling myself out of it? Like, oh, Kamaru Usman's got another, you know, Kamaru Usman type of uh, victory where, you know, it wasn't – when he gets the knockouts, they're super entertaining and stuff because, of course, you know, he's able to get that. But when he's wrestling control and dominant against the fence and stuff like that, it's not always those. And I was sitting back in my chair just bullshitting, and then all of a sudden, whap, it took me completely out. I'm standing, I'm yelling. The whole world changed there for a little bit. And uh, I'm very curious if if – now, with the whole retaining type of thing, instead of and new, he'll be and still. It's like I was saying, um, um, why why can't I think of his name right now? Um, who we had on Tuesday, I can't think of his name. Big Lon uh, from High yeah, Rollers. Check out High Rollers BJJ. They're coming back here to Detroit. They're going to have some wrestling type shit. I am looking forward to that and stay tuned because uh might be some cool stuff. Anyway. Yeah, de- definitely shout out High Roller, shout out Big Line, good people. It was an entertaining show. If you guys missed it, go check out Tuesday's show for sure. But uh to finish my point on that one, man, it's does he shock the world again? Is it still even shocking the world if he does it again? I feel like if he does it in the same nature, of course it'll be incredibly shocking, but like I was saying with Lon uh, on Tuesday, man, I feel like there was so many things that played into that first fight being what it ended up being before even the knockout. The knockout changed the whole narrative and it changed the whole division. It changed so many things. But the fight before that, I felt like there was so many things where Leon Edwards had significant chances to do really well in that fight and just wasn't allowing himself to do it. And Big Lon brought up the altitude. That could have very well been it. Somebody that trains in England and is not used to uh, going above sea level by much and then all of a sudden goes up in the mountains to go fight for five rounds. That could definitely be the reason. Uh, He wrestled heavy in that first round. I'm sure that gassed his cardio a bit. But it it showed me a lot in that second fight. I keep saying first fight, but it was really the second because Kamaro got the victory in the first one back in the day, but they've changed so much since then. We're we're just going to call this one what it is. And this is now the second important battle between the two. Of course, if Kamaro Uzan gets it done, he rightfully owns the two to three, but I digress. Either way, I feel like it's just such a big matchup. It's such a pivotal moment for Kamaro Uzan's career. Does he really belong or among the upper echelon guys? Is he really like the king of this division? And it was just a, a fluke knockout in the fifth round, and he's going to go on to win and beat other guys and retain his title? Or is Leon Edwards really that guy, and he just wasn't able to turn it on until the fifth round when he kind of was able to catch his wind again and then finally throw a Hail Mary out there? It's, it's such an interesting dynamic. Being in the now champion's hometown – it, it adds another layer to it, man. It's just, and I don't altitude, know which direction like you talked go. about on Tuesday. Huh? 
And the altitude, like you talked about on Tuesday. Yeah, that altitude, man. That altitude is a real thing. That altitude, like, really changed the dynamic of that first fight, I feel like. That's what I was saying right there with the, like, I feel like he was kind of charging up for what he was able to do in that fifth round, essentially. You know, he needed every little bit that he could from defending him off all the uh, previous four. So, I don't know, man. It's such an interesting fight. Where where are you guys leaning before I get my uh, my official pick? I think Kamara Usman gets this one done, to be honest. I really yeah. do. Especially like you said with the uh like you said with the um altitude difference. I I don't know, man. I not to shit on Leon Edwards at all, because I think Leon Edwards has been underrated for a long time. And he proved that by being able to knock Kamaru Usman out. Mm-hmm. That being said, I think overall, when you ask me, who do I think is the better fighter? I think, I think Kamaru Usman's a better fighter. And I think has a lot more to lose in this fight too. So I feel like he's going to yeah. come in there more dangerous. Cause if he loses this fight, he's in big trouble. If Leon Edwards loses this fight, I still think even as champion, it's going to be looked at like, you know, Kamaru Usman was the, was the better fighter. If Kamaru loses this fight, man, it's going to be a big shot, not only to what he's going to do next, but his legacy. Does he retire if he loses? Honestly. I mean, you might have to think about it either that, or maybe change a weight class, but who knows? But I mean, yeah. that's that's still a tall order. That's why I say I think Kamaru Usman gets it done. But that being said, that's something to think about. Real quick, Kyle, just to preface what you were saying, the altitude thing though, Trevor Whitman and them boys, they're training up in Colorado in the mountains. So if anything, it would be a, a huge favor. Right. Now so what Leon. I'm saying though is that Leon, Le- does that mean that Leon has a better gas tank and is able to turn it on earlier in the fight? Is what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah, and not only turn it on, but be more consistent through those middle rounds. That's what I'm really – because it seemed like he was fine in the first. It seemed like once he sat down on that stool and that wrestling kind of had taxed his lungs just a little bit, then it was a totally different fight from then on. But, J-Bone? Uh, dude, there's so many things in this fight. Right? It's, it's a This is a big deal. But yeah, you got to think of this. Leon, yeah, we had that the Rocky moment, but the past his past two losses. So we had the Bilal Muhammad. It was no contest, right? He got poked in the eye, couldn't couldn't continue. Last time he got dominated was by Usman, many yeah. many fights ago. He was dominated by Usman in this last fight. He got the he got the lucky shot, and that's just is what it, it is what it is. But here's one thing you got to keep in mind: Usman belongs here. This is his eighth title fight in a row. He is. No slouch to title fights. He is he is built for the main event at this point. There is no pressure on Usman, I don't think. He's going to go out there. He's going to wow. wrestle him. He's going to dominate him. I think more pressure is on Edwards. He's in the – he's one, it's his first title defense. That's huge. Yeah. What do they say? You can't defend your title once. You ain't a champion. Two, he's in his hometown. Three, there is still that lingering cloud that you've been dominated the past two times by this guy, and you did only win – by perhaps the most magnificent MMA one-on-one head kick in the entire sporting world. But before that, you were getting beat up. You know what I mean? So can Usman keep that pace? Can he continue to dominate like he did the past two times they fought? I think he can, man. And like I said on the show on Tuesday, 
not a lot of things more dangerous than a champion coming back for their title with different focus, less pressure, if you ask me. I think he's going to go in there. I think he's going to dominate him for five rounds. And I think he's going to win it by decision. I don't think we're going to get that lucky shot. It'll be great if we did again. I mean, let's let's bring it back <laughs> around again. But hey, you, you know, you love the unpredictability of it all. But I think this one is uh, it's going to be cut and dry for Usman. It's going to take it back so both home. You guys, both of you guys are leaning in that direction. I don't blame you one bit because that's like when I initially heard they were running it back. I'm like, oh yeah, Usman's got it. And then I weighed like all my thoughts in my head, and I remember watching that fight back, and I'm like. Leon Edwards has a lot of opportunities in this fight. He's defending the takedowns well. He's, you know, keeping himself in positions on the fence where he's not receiving any damage, and he's able to turn him off a lot of times, get the wizard, and kind of get back to center before inevitably getting pushed back to the fence and reoccurring. But I felt like we've seen a lot of good things in that second fight where I feel like he's definitely – he's – in my opinion, after now watching everything, I feel like him and Colby would have been an amazing fight. Leon and Colby would have been an amazing fight because you see the what Colby. Oh, I think that would have been a great fight too, fight. for sure. But either way, I it's just such a it's such an interesting thing, man. It, I I agree more on Kyle's side than with you, Jay Bone, on this one. I feel like the pressure is on Kamaru Usman more than it is on uh, Leon Edwards because of the fact that. I feel like he still has that opinion. Nobody, everybody thinks I'm the champ because of that shot. It doesn't matter if I lose. It doesn't matter if I don't retain. I mean, yeah, it would be great. But, you know, like I did what I had to do and I won the belt and I became the champion and I changed my life, you know, forever known as a champ. But the the hometown thing yeah that's definitely a little bit of pressure but it's also an advantage at the same time when you got them fans yelling rocky rocky you know like it's and gonna, he doesn't it, have to deal with the elevation again either the, elevation, the, the uk like, the uk has some rabid fans too man yeah not happening to travel i mean there's like uh, there's a ton of different elements being able to just like have his coaches I'm sure he's probably been training in his sleep in his own bed. Yeah. I'm sure he's been training in his home gym all week. You know, like it's, it's definitely interesting, but I, I don't know which direction to really go. I've been weighing this out all week. Uh, Shout out priest uh, past guest of the show. I went and uh, fixed his uh, door over the week and we were talking about it as well over there. I don't know, man. I really don't know. Uh, for the sake of the show, of course, I'm going to give a pick. And I feel like with what we've seen in that last one, Leon Edwards should be able to perform way better than he did in that last fight, which he was able to get the victory in. That being said, I still feel like Kamaru Usman may be too much for him if he can defend himself properly and not be too gun-shy. Because that's one thing both of you guys brought up, didn't mm-hmm bring up was the fact that coming off his first knockout is this going to be the same Kamaru Usman we we might that genuinely see somebody who's more scared to get hit doesn't want to be in those type of battles and it, it wasn't that long of a turnaround for somebody who got knocked out with their eyes open you know that's a different <laughs> type of knockout you know yeah so uh, I feel like Leon. He, like I said before, with some of these other fights, he's he's super game and he has the chance, and we'll see how it plays out. But yeah, money. If if it was like 
hey, bet your car for my car 50 50. I'm I'm going tomorrow's mine on that bet. I'm not not talking odds because I feel like the odds are way too slanted in Kamaru Uzman's favor for uh, the way that last fight played out, especially like I was saying with the tendencies that were shown. All right. Well, we we love it. Most unpredictable sport in the world, man. It gives you fucking chills. I can't wait for Saturday. Yeah. Well, we've made our picks for the parlay or for the, uh, for the fights now for parlays. Here's what I've got. Who do I curse this week? Who do I curse this week? Fucking here's what I've got laid out. I curse Valentina Shevchenko. I mean, like, shout out Alexa Grasso, but I have yet to hit on one of these parlays, and I was like, for sure, this is the set. John Jones, freaking Valentina Shevchenko, and Bo Nickel. Like, it's the easiest, worst odds parlay, but it's going to win. And sure enough, Valentina lost. So who am I going to bless with this curse, this pay-per-view? But go on with your with your picks, Scott. Do you want, so me, to, uh, you want got... me to follow along here and build your build your plus minus here? Or what? <laughs> you me to tell I've, you already got, gonna... I've already got my plus. I've already got red, my plus minuses already. So okay. um, All right. I got Rafael Fiziev to win by knockout submission to DQ, which is a plus 140, and Kamaru Usman to win by knockout submission TKO or DQ. And if that and if that hits, I bet 10 you win 96. Uh the other one I got is a three-fight parlay. I picked Roman Delize, which is a plus 225. I picked Fiziev to win by knockout, which is a plus 150. And I picked Kamaru Usman to win, which is a minus 240, which puts you at uh what are my odds? Plus one one thousand fifty-one. And if I bet I bet 15, if I win, I win 172. So win you some motherfucking money. Let's get it, dude. Let's get some money. So what was the official show three three fighter pick though? What was that one? All right. I took the leads a Fizia by knockout and Usman. Okay. Oh, you're throwing that extra layer in there with the knockout, but I, I I agree with that one though. I think if he wins, that's how he's winning. Yeah, yeah. Let's let's hear it, J Bone. Look, I'm going all props on this one, all right? I'm calling the method of victory. We're going wow. big or going home, man. We're going to go big or we're going to go home this week. Don't uh, Just cut don't me off me. a piece once you win a bunch of money. Don't <laughs> at me when you lose, all right? Don't, you know, that. don't follow me just to lose. Follow me to win. We're going to win. So, fight one, I got the leads A by TKO. That's big time. Fight two, Fiziev by TKO. That's another one. Fight three. Mario Usman, by decision, that's huge. But I'm going to give you a little bit more. I'm going to throw you a fourth fight. I'm going to say Brian Barberina by TKO. That's going to put us at shit. Plus. Stacking them. We're stacking, stacking up, man. Them. Plus 16, 726. You throw a hot $20 bill on that, you're coming home with $3,300, baby, and tell them Jay hey, the and those are it, it could happen that way. It, it definitely could. could happen that way. Very possible. Very possible. Yeah, if you were, you know, that's <laughs> that's your professional analysis giving what you think would happen. So I mean it very well could happen that way. It's not it's not too far off, that's for sure. That that Roman Delize one scares the shit out of me though. I don't know if he's gonna go oh, towards blockhead. They all scare me. They all scare me. They all scare me. Well, I I 
am going to yet again try to break my curse and I'm going to try to pick some heavy favorites and see who I pass the uh, bad luck to this week. So we're going to go, we're going to go Lerone Murphy. I'm a big fan of his. I want to see him uh, continue his growth. And I feel like taking on a, uh, even though he's an LFA champ, he's just making his UFC debut. And those are usually guys that don't always do that well. Uh, Muhammad Mohaev. It seems like uh, London's favorite uh, adopted son over there that uh, at 125 that everybody seems to uh, be a huge fan of. And he's done a really good job uh, pretty much running through every one of his opponents up to this point. And I feel like this is going to be another one of those. And then to end it, I will add a little bit of spice just because I feel like that is the direction this one's going to go. Barbarina knockout. That's the one that worries me, but I feel like that's the direction I'm thinking that fight's going. So. Hey, you're sitting at plus 953, man. You throw a $20 bill on that, you're coming home with 200 bucks. Let's roll with it. Hey, that's not too bad. That, that Barbarina one, I'm sure, brought it way up with picking the method of oh, victory. Yeah. But, uh, oh, yeah. Before then. Yeah, but, a, little, a little spice on that. Uh, yeah, heck, a little, a little something. Look here, bro. If I come out with both if I come out with both them boys real quick, I'll be coming out of here with like 300 bucks, and I get paid tomorrow too. Yeah. If but you really like to get spicy, mine hit, you could you mine hit you going to WrestleMania. If you really want to get no, spicy, you, you could do uh Mohammed Mahayev uh by sub because I think that's the way he's gonna finish that fight because he's been subbing hey. and just looking really great on the ground. So if you really want to get technical, but taking I'm, the prize. I, I, like I need one to win, so I'm just picking him to win in his fight. <laughs> Corey's parlays are not the way to go, but I am on a two-week win streak. Hot damn it. Let's go. My win streak is still coming with it. Momentum, momentum, momentum. We've got momentum. It's almost time to the road to WrestleMania to end and me to take my ass to L.A. I even got my new Tigers jersey hoodie in the mail today. So you got to make sure you hit that subscribe button today so you don't miss none of that action for tomorrow. Until next time and in the in-between time, fuck your couch.